Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated, underseen, or sometimes we just want to talk about them. I'm the host for this week, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined, as ever, by my co-host and friend, Alice Oliver. Alice, oh, how wow. are you doing? You okay? Getting a bit mushy there, Josh. Yeah, and sorry. friend. There we go. Yeah. Bit of warmth. We're not quite at bit friend yet. We've stuck week. at co-host for two years. Yeah, we? yeah. Two and a half yeah, now, yeah. isn't it? Fucking hell. It's just a work thing. It's just a work thing. It's all it is. It's all it is. How are you doing? You okay? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm very I'm very well, thank you. Very excited because, well, you know why, don't you, Alice? You know why I'm excited. I do know why. Oh, very excited. Very Because we are joined by some more wonderful guests. They keep coming. They keep coming. We keep, we keep, we keep we saying no why, more guests. We just want to talk about. <laughs> we just want to talk about films that we like. But here we are. Anyway, we are joined by the brilliant Jamie and Connor from the film Kindling. How are you guys doing? You okay? Very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Thank you, thank you very much for 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 coming on. So uh, yeah, so if the guys at home don't know you, you are producers of the film Kindling, which I believe out now wherever you get your films. Absolutely, yeah. I'm the producer and Connor's the writer and director and it is available in select cinemas and on all digital platforms. Excellent, excellent. Yes, uh, make sure to check that out if you're listening at home and we will put links um, out there as well. So yeah, definitely well worth a watch and support, you know, British indie film as well. It's uh, it's always worth your time. Anyway, so Connor and Jamie, if you don't know, every time we have a guest on, as much as we can, we start with a completely random question. So I put that out to on our social media. So I'll come to you first, Alice. Alice, oh this one's from Rob Turner on Twitter who does tweet us quite a lot so hello Rob thank you very Hi, much Rob. for getting in touch would you would you would you rather have telescopic arms or telescopic legs um do 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 I still have my hands if I have a yeah I don't think it's like stumps at the end okay I think it's like, so you still got your hands so you can okay. extend your arms or extend your legs in the way that Inspector Gadget can for the for All the right. kids listening at home Inspector Probably. Gadget <laughs> Probably the arms then, I reckon. And yeah. you can see through them as if they are a telescope. Is this the rule? No, telescopic doesn't mean telescope. Telescopic means <laughs> like like in a telescopic manner. Oh, fuck. So oh, not no, like a, no, I don't know. No, I don't know. Now I'm all confused again. Um, just extendable. They extend. If you had extendable legs, you could run faster. If you had extendable arms, what, what, what advantages does that bring? Interesting. Hmm. Reach high go... places. I like, think, but you could do that with the legs as well. You know what? I have yeah. always wanted to be a little bit taller. 
So I'll go with the legs. I'll take the tele- telescopic legs. legs, but you can't yeah. see through them. Like no, you can't see through apparently. your legs into the floor through your feet. Like your feet are some sort of feet eyes. No, I totally not. didn't. <laughs> I just totally not. didn't get that. Rob, if that's what you meant, Rob, I'm sorry. I took it to bed. <laughs> you had telescopic arms. You could just pick yourself up and make yourself taller as well. Ooh. You know, you yeah, could like, yeah. use your arms as like leg extenders. Yeah. So you they could, could like walk you on could. your arms. As long as you've been bulking, you could just <laughs> go off. <laughs> so what do you what would you guys pick then? We'll come to you first, Connor. I think I've just answered that. It's got to be the arms, arms. isn't it? Lift yeah. yourself up. You've got the legs. you got... Yeah, yeah. So is that one for arms and one for legs then? I personally was thinking arms earlier just because you, you do a bit more with your arms. Yeah. It, it, if you did the reverse of it and you said you had to lose one, I'd always I'd probably lose my legs over them rather than my arms because I feel like life would be easier but difficult either way. But, you know, easier without, without legs than arms. i go legs because, similar to Alice, I'd like to be taller. Um, as, as if, if you're not listening at home, I'm only four foot three. Uh, <laughs> the, pictures, the pictures do me justice, but no. Um, anyway, so we will come on to talking about this week's film, which uh, is Kings of Summer. If you haven't seen it, I did keep calling it to Alice before Boys of Summer, which is, of course, a song and not a film. <laughs> um, so, what year is this from, Alice? What year is it from? 2013? Yeah, I think, I I think yeah, 2013. So, spoiler ones if you're not seeing it, although I will say you have had 10 years. Um, so, you know, maybe, you know, get over it. Um, so, Connor and Jamie, you picked this one between you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what the film's about and, and why you picked it for the podcast? Is it underrated? Is it underseen? Oh, my. So what's it about? It's about um, these group of three guys who feeling oppressed through their parents, through generally being just 16-year-old guys, decide to build a treehouse out in the woods and essentially try and live off the land. Um, and I guess we chose it maybe almost as a shameless pug because it had thematic like similarities towards kindling <laughs> so right okay have we chosen it for the right reasons i don't know but we we do love it it's one of we our one it. of our general favorites and i guess it's about you know young men coming of age and deciding to try and do something on their own mm. does it work you know there's just a lot of nice themes in there I guess, yeah for young men absolutely is and, and i think i'd say it's a bit of both underrated and underseen i think i think mm. it's a film that it did really well at festivals and has like critically picked up really great reviews, but just still from an audience perspective, hasn't quite hit where I, at least I would expect it to. And I just don't mm. think as many people have seen that film as, you know, obviously stand by me is one of the classic coming of age films about young boys. And like there are a few, you know, comparisons in there, but Kings of Summer, not as many people, you know, seem to know about it. No. And, and as well, when you consider who's in it as well, obviously the main three uh, actors aren't well. Nick Robbins is Nick Robinson's that the main guy. He's he's a yes. little bit more yeah. known now because of love because of Love Simon and, and stuff like that. And he's definitely one who's going to go on. But if you get a look at like Nick Offerman, Megan Mullally, uh, Mark Evans, it's like a who's who of US sitcom actors. Yeah, it is. Isn't you're, it? Like, you're like going for it. oh, it's, uh, Ron Swanson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like... Is it new Netflix series called like The Night Agent or something that's doing really well? Oh, and yeah. The lead mm-hmm. actor in that is the other is the best mate in Kings of Summer. The sort of bigger wrestler guy. Yeah, so I think he's picked up a lot this year, but um, mm. up till now, yeah, not major names. No, and, and the director as well has gone on to do, he's, he did Kong Skull Island, didn't he? But he's not done any, he's, I think he's got another thing coming out, but he's didn't, you know, he, he went to go from this to a massive King what Kong a leap. film. What a leap, like, I love that. That's like, do you like the, do you like the frying pan? 
Here's the fire. <laughs> it was that year, wasn't it? Because it was like Gareth Edwards went from Monsters straight to yes, Godzilla. Yeah. Um, what's his, Colin Trevorrow went from Safety Not Guaranteed to Jurassic Park. Like they just went yeah. boom, boom, Ryan boom. Like there was there was that massive leap up at that time. There was, yeah, absolutely. And and I think there's a lot of big big studios now do that. They they target those sort of indie directors and go, well, let's see yeah, what you yeah. can do. Often it works, you know, often it doesn't. You only have to look at like the polarizing reaction of something like you say, like The Last Jedi and be like, oh, it, it sometimes it does work. I, for one, I quite like The Last Jedi. So, so what you're saying then, this is quite thematically similar to Kindling then. So how is that? How is it similar? Is it, is it, uh, is it tree houses? Is it, is it tree houses? <laughs> yeah, not tree houses actually. I guess it's, <laughs> I guess it's thematically similar in some ways, but actually looks at it, I would say, in two very different ways. Mm. Like, you know, it shows young men coming of age, you know, young men who are struggling with something and finding a way to kind of process that and get through it. As as I just said, they do it in very different ways. But I think it's a really interesting, I think both are a very interesting take on that time in somebody's life. Yeah, and also I think, you know, we we with Kindling tried to make a British independent film that wasn't blue, dark, grey, showed England to be beautiful, yeah. full of life and full of, you know, summer, essentially. And I guess our references, we always drew from Stand By Me, from Kings of Summer, from Me and Earl, you know, to, to, and frankly how those films always feel like they're bursting with life and colour mm. and trying to bring, you know, remind everyone that, the UK is beautiful and we have lovely summers too. So I guess there was like, you know, like even tonal references as well from that film. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a really good point. When you think of British films, quite often you do think of you, you like your more bleaker end. Even comedies, they're often comedies about adversity. If you think of like, first one that always comes to mind is, is, is Full Monty because it's one of the most successful. But even things like Billy Elliot or Ken Loach films and stuff like that, they're, they're all... They're all like, yeah, Britain, we all work really hard, but it's like, it is rainy in it. Like, it's... <laughs> Man, I had, a great, I had a great childhood growing up in England. Like, if you look at it, we grew up cycling bikes around the countryside mm. sometimes, you know, like going to the skate park with your mates. Like, there's a lot of like things to celebrate about our childhoods. And I guess Kindling looks at that, I guess, as well. Yeah, particularly uh, in, in a difficult time and still finding the joy. Mm. Yeah, in that I think that's a really good point because as well another film that we did uh, which Alice really liked I liked it as well but Alice I think it's one of your the top ones we've done which was a list of suggestions we did Submarine the Richard I. Audio film. film yeah and 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 you really love that but Alice is if she doesn't really have an accent but she's Welsh yeah and obviously <laughs> uh, Submarine is set in, in, is, in, yeah. in North Wales and I remember you getting so much more out of it because you were like oh this is very much like this is a bit of me this is where I'm from and you really saw yourself in it didn't you Alice oh yeah definitely and um, I mean I'm I'm such a I'm so easy and I'm such a sucker like any mention of Wales or being Welsh or anything in a film and I'm like oh it's the best bloody thing I've ever seen yeah. <laughs> we didn't you didn't you'd never really seen any James Bond and I went there's a Welsh one and yeah. she was like what it was like Christmas morning yeah. I was like there's a, there's a Welsh Dalton James Bond from Colwyn yeah. Bay bloody hell <laughs> Anyway, let's get stuck into talking about the film. So, Alice, I think you had, but had you seen this one before? I had seen this one before, and it was on my list. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. it, was for, it was on your list for this podcast. Mm -hmm. It was. That's so, a rarity. I know. That's a so rarity. I'd had it down as underseen because I feel like, considering how good it is that not enough people have seen it, it doesn't really come up in conversation. When it was introduced to me, I'd never seen it. I hadn't seen it. I hadn't heard of it. I hadn't heard anything about it. Didn't know anything about it. Um, so, yeah, 
was very excited to do this one because I do enjoy this film. Uh, what about you, Josh? You hadn't seen that. I'm going to assume you hadn't because you kept calling it Boys of Summer. Because I kept calling so, it Boys of Summer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't seen Boys of Summer. I haven't seen Kings of Summer either. No, I haven't. I had. I think I'd heard of it, but I'm not too... I, I couldn't be sure, but I definitely hadn't seen it. So I went into this with, with you know, no... no no expectations. So ha- having watched it again, and then Alice. Well, actually, no. We'll come to the guys first. So we, we we normally we normally talk about what we like first. So between you, then, what do you like about this film? Let, let's hear what you like. I think it it just draws a really nice line between being an actual good film that conjures all the emotions and being really light and totally rewatchable. Like I, mm. I think I've probably seen this film genuinely about ten times. It's one of those films where you kind of get something new every time, but you're able to like dive into it at any sort of like mental state you're at, you know, mm. it's relaxing if you want it to be, it's engaging if you just want to like really focus on it. I, I don't know. There's, there's just, I find a really sort of relaxing nature in this film. Um, like a comfort. Yeah, definitely a comfort, man. A, a, like a certain nostalgia as well. Yeah. I th- I, and I can definitely see that. It's definitely, because I know Alice, you've mentioned your other, like your husband loves this film, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Yeah, so it's one. It's definitely one where I could see. Like, I would watch it again. I mean, we'll go on to what, what I liked about it later on. But like, I I I'd definitely watch it again. And I think a lot of films are like that. Either they're layered, so you watch them again and you see something else, or they're made in such a way that that you because uh, recently, and if this hasn't come out yet, but it's not a spoiler. We did uh, we did Thunder Road with another guest, mm-hmm. Jim yeah, Cullen's film, film, and I, and I'd seen it before and was like, I enjoyed it, but I didn't take come away thinking any. There wasn't like a defining memory. I just remember thinking, yeah, that was good. Mm. And then I watched it again for the episode and I loved it so much more because I wasn't having to focus on what was happening because I already knew what would happen. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, so I think, and I think that's, I think if I was to watch this again, I think I probably would get get something more more out of it. So yeah, so I, I totally see that. Like you say, like there's definitely a comfort to it. I think there's almost a bit of wish fulfillment in there as well. 100%. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I think there's definitely people probably think I, I want to do that. That's that's definitely. great. So uh, what else then, Jamie? Come to you as well. What, is there anything you particularly like that stands out to you about it? Yeah, a couple of things. I think it perfectly captures like it doesn't over dramatize anything at all. Like the reason why mm. they all sort of like run away from home isn't because of some necessarily some like great event or anything yeah. that's over dramatized. It is, you know, why lots of us, you know, like Connor was just saying, why lots of kids sort of depart home and decide to rebel against their parents. <laughs> It's kind of for like the small things, and I just think it perfectly captures that mm. juvenility. I don't juvenile status or whatever yeah, the word. Juvenility. Would be. I just I yeah, like we'll that word. And, <laughs> and then I, the character of Biagio is just oh, oh he's a highlight oh for me. Oh my god, just oh, yeah. amazing. Even hearing you say that, the music as well, isn't it? When they're all banging on the pipe yeah, dun, and, dun, and dun. they're running through the field, it's such a yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Biagio is like just hilarious you know, one of the most awkward characters, you know, I've ever seen, but so relatable, you know, like characters like Napoleon Dynamite are really awkward, but so kind of like out of touch with yes. any sort of like relatability. And Biagio just has this like, oh, oh I could watch a film just about him, a series just about him, basically. Just Biagio. Because what I think what I like about Biagio is they, they, they use him really good for comic value, but also they don't tell you anything about him. No, no. You get, you see one, I think you see one shot in his house mm. where he's talking to his dad and he, 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 all you know is that he calls him, calls him dad. You can see him shaving, but you don't even see his, that could be anyone. That could yeah, be like, yeah, sorry, you know, and I think he speaks, does he speak, they either speak Italian or Spanish to each other, but it doesn't, <laughs> I, I don't even know what Such what a confidence in the director doing that as his debut. Cause like everyone says, oh, you've got to really flesh out, you know, the characters, you know, like you've got to really find who they are. And he kind of just plonks this character in and kind of gives you nothing and just sort of feeds in 
this weird like backstory you can't really put together. That mo- yeah. I'm just remembering that moment in my head where they're like it's at night in the house and the torch, you know, it's really like pitch black and then the torch just suddenly comes and he literally looks like a dead body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, yeah, he, he was definitely a highlight for me. Anyway, we'll come, we'll come to you, Alice, then. So having watched it again for this with a little bit more of a critical eye, what, what did you think? What did you like? There was so much that I liked about it. So I do, I really enjoy the story and the themes and the aesthetic and the ambiance of the whole thing. So I think it's really possible that this would cause those very strong feelings of nostalgia, like you say, for the audience, for a time, for a feeling or for a place that never, that they never actually had the chance to experience. It is almost like that fantasy fulfillment for like stressed out and sad millennials and maybe even other generations too, but I'm a millennial. So, you know, I'll just use them as a reference point. So it, where you're bringing your whole life back to basics it's just about building a shelter or finding food and enjoying the scenery but then obviously they've got the safety net of being able to just go back home so there's no true emotional trauma from having to actually feed yourself and find shelter for yourself because the threats and the risks associated with that aren't real because they can just go home if things get too hard and obviously Patrick does ultimately as well um I thought the soundscape of this was fantastic and so effective. So with regards to both the soundtrack or the score and the diegetic sounds as well, which at times felt really emphasised. So all the sounds really come together and work so well to create feeling and create a mood. And it's like every single sound has been planned and timed to the nth degree. The way that they bridge over scenes and locations and it complements the action on screen every time. It was just really clever, really enjoyable and I thought brought so much to the film. And I hadn't considered that the first time that I'd seen it, just how good the whole thing sounded. Mm. Yeah, I, I must say that's not, you always pick up on sounds and music and stuff like that, but I, I, it's not something that I pick up on as, as, as much as you. But now, now that you mentioned it, particularly the the main memory that I have is that is what the guys mentioned with the pipe. You know, it's like stomp or something, isn't it? Like, yeah. So but that's brilliant, and that's the opening scene as well, which is really effective. Yeah, yeah. But I think the thing for me, Josh, was that when I was when YouTube first hit the scene I literally spent hours and hours and hours watching music videos like I was mm. just obsessed you love a music like video my, don't you oh I fucking love I love a good music video like the weirder the better so then when I'm watching films I'm always like listening out it's like oh what does this sound like what are, even with like normal like diegetic sounds as well like footsteps or waves or like the pipes and stuff I just pick up on it I'm really quite like I'm quite sensitive to it I think and I've got quite sensitive hearing anyway so I'm just like oh I can't hide from it um but yeah I just thought it sounded amazing um so in terms of the characters and the performances so all of them were great i think all of them gave really strong performances we got some really good character introductions as well so you get quite a lot about each character in a very short space of time without it being over like this over exposition dump which i always appreciate um the standouts for me are Megan Mullally and Mark Evan Jackson, who play Patrick's parents. So they're simultaneously totally absurd and wacky and yet completely relatable. And they demonstrate these like daft in-jokes that you develop when you're in a long-term relationship really nicely. And they come across as two people who have been together for ages and actually really like each other. But then as parents, obviously, they're really embarrassing and out of touch, but I don't think they mean any malice by it. They just seem to be the last two people that you would want to spend time with as a 16 year old boy 
<laughs> they are but very cringe. They're so funny. The thing that she says with the salad, I can't remember what it is, but it's like, oh, we got the good salad in today. Oh, it must be our big day and all this, <laughs> all this nonsense that, you know, are, are you... After you've been with someone for X amount of time or whatever, it's like you start speaking your own language and, you know, it's just like, oh, the good salad's in, way. <laughs> Loved it. It's so cringe, but also oh, yeah. it's it's executed so well because it's really cringe, mm. but also at the same time, it's obviously really loving. Yeah. And he seems to have a real problem with the fact that his parents just want to care for him. and Just and, love and him. Love him. Yeah. yeah, just love him. And he's like, oh, no, I can't, I can't stand them. But then there's yeah. also the moment where when they have gone missing, she just has that really weird rant where she suddenly is racist. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> about the Irish. She yeah. saying things about oh, the yeah. Irish. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm yeah. Irish. <laughs> stuff like that. But also, of course, she's married to Ron the main Swanson. character's yeah. dad. Ron so so yeah. in, in real life, they're married and they have scenes together where they're not gay. It's like, I, bet, I think that must be so much fun to make. Yeah. That, that sort of thing, like pretend, pretending it's... Uh, Pretending that you don't like each other. Uh, what, what do you think, guys? What do you think about what Alice has said there? Do you, would you agree, or like, is there anything else you particularly like about it? I feel like that was the best um, essay I've ever read on that film ever. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I've watched it said like ten times. Gave me new perspectives. Love it. Because <laughs> I'd never seen Excellent. I'd never seen uh, his parents like that. You know, I'd always seen yeah. them as actually just cringy. But you're so right. Like me and my partner have those in jokes. And God, if we were to have a child and that child like come into that space you know it's actually mm-hmm. you're right they just love each other don't they they just hang on these jokes and um yeah i thought that was really nice so i was gonna say i'd agree with the sound part as well in a former life i was a i worked in sound post production so i'm also have, like sensitive to, to sounds and um yeah the, the forest is its own character in the piece in so many ways and i think it probably plays into that sense of like um i can't remember how you put it josh the wish um wish fulfillment yeah and that sort of plays into it because it just feels like this lush environment where you just kind of want to be there so um yeah i definitely agree with that even the lighting as well like it it feels like the whole thing is shot at sunset obviously it's not but like all my memories of it are, are of them like hanging out at sunset and like watching the watching the scenery so like just there at one point um patrick and um oh fuck what's the main guy's name all this talk about Patrick. Joe, is it? Is it Joe? Joe, yeah, is gosh. It Joe? Sorry, Joe. Like, they're just sat on a bit <laughs> sorry, of, like... Sorry, Joe, the fictional character. Bit, sorry, Joe. Sorry, <laughs> Like, sat on this bit of cliff face, literally just staring out at the trees yeah, and that. And it's just, that beer. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. the moment where they're just it. about to go into the forest for the first time and, like, the lens flare is insane. Yeah, And they're yeah. just, like, the camera's just pointing straight. And it just, yeah, it looks idyllic. Mm, yeah, agreed. Um, what about you, Josh? What are some of your favourite things about this? Yeah, I mean, you guys have, have, have touched a lot of it there. I, I, just to go to go into what you're saying there, I do really like performances. I think that the two mates, so Joe and Patrick, I think are really, really good. They, you know, obviously the whole whole film really centres on their relationship, doesn't it? And it's about them wanting wanting to get away. Highlight, love Biagio. So love, uh, is it, um, I wanted to say Moises, I've got his name written here, Moises Arias. Hopefully I've said that, I've said that right. He's, he's brilliant in this. And then what you do is, with a lot of good films like this, a lot of good films, we touched on it before, where you get a lot of films that are centred around a young cast, what you then do is you surround them with a really likeable, older supporting cast, and then that really fleshes out the world of the film. So the, the, the sort of benchmark we always talk about 
in terms of not generally speaking, but films that we've done is we always talk about the world building of something like Easy A. If you see if you see the Easy A, where what they yeah, do is they Stanley go, and... yeah, it's like Stanley yeah, Tucci, yeah. Patricia Clarkson, Thomas Hayden Church, Lisa Kudrow, and stuff like that. Whereas, and, and they do that in this, like that like you say, Nick Offerman, Megan Lally, Alison Brie rocks up for a couple yeah, of scenes yeah, just, in, just in this. The face from it, isn't she? Yeah, Mark Evan Jackson as well, who he's like one of the ultimate that guy from the sitcom. Like he's in, yeah, he's in, checked, he's in I every scene. I checked his IMDb. He's in like yeah. I was like, where do I know this Brooklyn? guy from? No, no, no. like, yeah, like, oh, there, in, there, 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 there. Yeah, 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 so he's, yeah, he's in everything. So I thought that, that the, the cast was really good. Again, just to talk about the look of the film, I liked that a lot of it felt a little bit handheld and a little bit like a home video in places like they were filming themselves. Use of colour as well. So just to, to, to touch on what you're saying there about the sunset thing, it seemed like everything before they moved into the woods was at night. And then when they moved into the woods, everything is, like you say, it's all so much less muted, so much more colourful and stuff like that. It reminded me a little bit of um, Swiss Army Man as well. So when we did Swiss oh, Army Man. Man. Yeah, I get yeah, that. So yeah. it reminded me of that. And it reminded me a little bit as well of, of Captain Fantastic. Yeah, um, I, think, I think they all yeah. came out around the same time. Yeah, yeah, they, they feel like it, don't they? They feel like they yeah, were yeah. like the, the ultimate living in the woods films. The living <laughs> yeah. in, they're living in the woods cinematic universe. Um, I thought it was really, really well paced. So it's you know it's pretty much a brief hour and a half, so maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. I thought it was funny as well. So it's not really got a genre, has it? It's sort of a, 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 a dramedy, if you like. There's funny bits, there's dramatic bits and stuff like that. And I quite like the subtlety of it. So like you say, there's the, there's the bit with the parents, but there's also like... Nick Offerman's got some great throwaway lines in there. Like the, the fact that Alison Brie's boyfriend is so desperate for him to... To like him and stuff like that. The singing, uh, the, the singing. singing. Oh and then you've also got things like, so funny. and I don't even know if this is meant to be funny, but the fact that they all grow such shit facial hair. <laughs> yes. like, I like I was laughing at it all the way through because I was like, I I can't really grow a beard. What I've got oh, now wow. is about as good as I could get. And and I was looking at it like that's such a shit mustache, but that's what it looks <laughs> like if I try and grow a mustache. So little subtle things like that but there's also like there's some mad little cutaways as well in there you know where they're they're going into their own minds imagine what they're going to do and stuff like that and i and i I enjoyed that so yeah i mean overall really really enjoyed it i thought it was you know it was a really well constructed you know well-paced film and i think yeah it's definitely worth a watch Okay then, so let's move on to talking about things that we didn't like about the film or that we perhaps would change about the film. Um, Alice, would you change the title to Boys of Summer? I think that's uh, the... I would now, yeah. yeah. Cause, After uh, the yeah. Boys of... It's, Beautiful. It is, Beautiful. and that was a good uh, cover it, of it, it as well. It did so. have its Thank name you. changed after it came out, I think. Oh, did it? It wasn't think, called Boys of Summer, I think it was called it? Treehouse. Oh, no, it was, uh, boys... was it Was it Toy, ha- Boy ha- Toy, Toy House, House or something? Yeah, 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 I see that. Why? Why did they change it? Just like trying to get people to go. So Toy House is a bit horror, isn't it? The, you can imagine the, that. Yeah. It, it came out of Sundance, didn't it? So I wonder if it got picked up by a distributor who changed it. Changed it. Well, I would yeah, definitely yeah. watch that film more because of summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good job. Toy House. Uh, so anyway, Alice, back to what you said. Is there anything you didn't like about it? Anything you'd change? No, I mean, no, not really. Uh, I couldn't. Rare, I'm, I was rare. even. Try, I was even trying to look for things. And I couldn't find anything. But I do have two questions, and I'm Go wondering on. if if you can shed some light on these. So, first of all, where did Biagio get the machete? Wow. <laughs> where did he get the machete? It was weird. He just bounced on screen, and he starts going woo woo woo. All the like greenery in that. A supermarket nearby. You can get most yeah, 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 most military yeah. grade weapons. Next to the automatic <laughs> rifles. <Yeah. laughs> So I thought I just could have done well, with an explanation. Joe get his, for where that. does Joe get his sword from? 
Uh, yeah, good question. Good follow-up question, Josh. See, these are the questions we need answering. Um, the other thing was that just, I guess, kind of irritated me a little bit, so maybe I would change this or didn't like it, but Patrick's like leg brace, whatever the fuck it is he's wearing on his leg, mm. but we see him running, we see him swimming, we see him climbing shit, we see him jumping off shit. You don't need that damn leg brace. What is he wearing it for? It was but so is it, weird. Is it not, are his parents not forcing him to keep wearing it? But he ke- he keeps it on, doesn't he? When he's in the oh yeah, when they're, in the, so, yeah. when they're out in the out in the wild, out in the wilderness. But we see him run. I see him running. You see he him seems run- to be yeah. running and just fine. And then he fine. kicks him in the foot later on, doesn't he? Yeah, and I think he's like you know does a kind of over the top like ow sort of thing. But I was just like, what has he got that on for? He clearly doesn't need it. He's fine. Maybe he's just hard. I thought it was a bit weird. Uh huh. Maybe he's just dead hard. He's just dead hard, yeah. I've got my broken leg, I'll fucking run on this, no problem. Uh, so anything else then, or is it just the inconsistent use it. of leg that brace? Was, just that the was inconsistent it, that's literally it. Everything else was great, it was banging, I loved it. Uh, what about you guys? Is there, I mean, obviously you've picked it, so that you, I'm guessing, obviously you've, you've been very effusive in your praise of it. Is there anything you would change, apart from the title to Boys of Summer, obviously? I, I was just thinking that when you asked it. I, I wouldn't say there's anything I would change, but I would say when you compare it to something like uh, me and Earl and the Dying Girl or Looks Me Sunshine those films no matter how many times I watch them can still really conjure like deep emotions in me you know mm. like, like I can still see those films and feel the same emotion almost like mm. I felt the first time around and one thing I would say is I find Kings of Summer incredibly easy to watch but I wouldn't say that like it brings out a huge visceral emotional response in me yeah. and that's not a criticism yeah. it's more maybe that's actually why it's so easy to keep rewatching it but I would say that maybe it doesn't go as have you seen Safety Not Guaranteed? Yes. That yeah, film yeah, it's a great film. ruins me at the end when it's all kind of like mm-hmm. culmination. It's just, and, and I think maybe it lacked that ending that really brought about the big It's final so punch. simple, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's so simple. But yeah. Maybe that's, yeah, yeah, I suppose it does lack stakes a little bit, doesn't it? Because maybe, yeah. Because I suppose, and it's not really about that. Like you say, some films are just made to, not every film is made to have a scalable impact so it's not everything's like you know you got your horrors and your comedies which are obviously what people would consider them the purest emotional reaction to a film yeah, fear, yeah. Or fear or laughter but also you've got things like this which are just sort of a little bit emotionally explorative so this, so this is the thing with like any film like alice the thing you said about the parents being so one way like they've got quite nice parents and maybe if one of the parents was like physically abusive you understand the stakes of them yeah. being out in the but that's a different film and i think almost this film should be taken for almost what it is where it's actually as you said, the stakes aren't that high, but that's kind of why it's, it's great. The same like the police narrative throughout and them actually missing. Like, I don't think it's until like almost an hour in mm. that you realise they've been gone for like five days. You see like the news report, but mm. then mm. the dad, Nick Hoffman's characters, that scene at the um, door with the police officers where he's just basically <laughs> ripping them off. off. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. And I think that maybe you're you're it, right. We love deep films that actually kind of like move you and make you change the way you think about the world and but maybe actually this film wasn't that. Imagine you know? this by a different director or a deeper, you know, a different director where actually the police are like really trying to like take this seriously and find these kids and the parents have actually aren't the best parents and they actually, the kids are actually running away from deep trauma and it could still exist and it could still it'd be, be a lot, this- It'd be a lot heavier though, wouldn't it? Right. Mm. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I think there's a subtlety to the comedy. I think that, you know, there is definitely, a, you know, it's a very subtle in the way it makes you laugh. And that is one of them, which is, it's a bit like, oh, I'm going to go live in the woods because my life's so hard, even though it's, and the point is, it's not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. if it was hard, you'd be watching it through the lens of, oh, no, fair enough. Go, go you. I hope you succeed. Whereas you are watching it like, 
they are sort of a bit entitled, but that's the point, isn't it? That's yeah. exactly it, man. These yeah, kids are yeah. actually totally fine. Nuclear families, like, it's kind of, they've got a safe world outside of the woods as well. And it's like yeah. what you said, like, they can go to their house to get beans and go to the local supermarket to get a cooked chicken. Like, yeah, a machete. Yeah, a machete. <laughs> because it doesn't one of them say, isn't there a bit in it where one of them says, or one of the police officers says something about a kid that went missing eight years ago? And yeah. I thought that was going to be Biagio. <laughs> I thought I oh, thought it was gonna I thought that it was gonna be that he just is missing and he just sort of tags on to <laughs> Oh that's cool. I like that. And then that's great, right. and, he, and he's not, obviously it's not, and that and I don't think the film's any worse for that. But when they said the eight year eight year thing, I thought, well that's gonna be why he's weird. Because that he spent be... so much he spent so much time on his own. <laughs> that would be wicked. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah, I mean, so is there anything else? It, 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 yeah, is there anything else you'd change then, or is it just I... that you're pretty pretty happy with it? Um, Connie, do you want to add anything on? Um, no, I think I think I, I wouldn't change it, but I would say it doesn't conjure that big emotion. Yeah. That's not a lot of criticism, though. No, no but I know, I know what you mean. That's why it can be yeah. easy watch. There are there are yeah. some films which I will put on as comfort films like that. Yeah. Mm. And, and and I'm trying to think of examples, but and also there's always we've talked about this before. There's a joy in formula. There's a reason why superhero films, James Bond films, other films, they have a formula. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And when, when when they change that, people absolutely lose their shit. It's like <laughs> it's like when Iron Brew changed and everyone kicked off. <laughs> you know, people like those formulas for a reason. Is there anything anything else from you, Alice, or is that is it just the annoying leg brace? Just the leg brace, the stinky, stinky leg brace. Um, what about you, Josh? Was there anything you didn't like not, or that you would change? Um, not really. If I had to say, if I had to say something, I'd probably like. M- Maybe a tiny little bit more exposure at the beginning. Not exposure, sorry. Exposition about about Joe and his relationship with his dad. Because they skirt over the issue, which is that he's lost his mum and he's lost his wife. So that's obviously meant to have led to, um, you know, issues between tensions between the two. And I understand why they didn't show that. But unfortunately, I think what happened to me is as it went along, I found Joe a little bit unlikable. Mm. Um, he did a few. He did a few things. In a few didn't places, he? We like, like, oh, come like, on, yeah, man, that he acted sucks. like a little yeah. dick. Yeah, and that, mm. and that is, you know, it's made better by the surrounding cast, and it's not like I'm not watching it. I, I, we've talked before because I do like to root for my leading characters, but I'm also I'm not basic. I also understand that people are complex, and you're not always supposed to root for your leading characters. But in this, I did think I'd like to know a little bit more about why I should be satisfied that he has his freedom. Mm. only a little bit you know not loads it didn't worsen the film for me but if i was going to change something maybe a little bit more of an exploration at at the beginning around that i wonder if the director felt the same because he doesn't pair Mm. joe up with uh with aaron moriarty's character yeah with the with uh, Mm. yeah with kelly yeah i wonder if if in a way maybe the director felt the same because he doesn't make that him have the full hero's (laughs) journey and give him the the girl at the end he kind of just goes home again. Goes home again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Also, what I want to know is, in these films, they're always drinking kegs on the beach. Where where are they getting them from? <laughs> yeah. Imagine in this country trying to be like getting a keg of beer. You'd never get it. Local breweries. Onto... They're supporting local yeah. breweries. Yeah. <laughs> the 15-year-olds yeah. are supporting oh, yeah. local breweries. Good for them. <laughs> so many beaches in this country at the bottom of cliffs as well. Whereas yeah. in America, they seem to go from June to beach. Whereas in this country, it's like, I'm not taking that down there. <laughs> 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 that's not happening so yeah has anyone got anything else or should we move on to the critical reception I, I had one thing which was there's go a on, shot there's a shot about 50 odd minutes in that is 
pretty much pitch black. It's the kiss. Is it? Is it Patrick kissing? There's a kiss scene between um, Patrick, yeah, Patrick and, and Kelly. Patrick, that's it. And I don't know if it was my TV, but it, I could hardly see any of it, and it looked Ooh. like um, it was like shot day for night or something like that. Ah. That was my. Oh, you mean it's yes, and yeah, no, yeah. no, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's. Suppose maybe it's there for some open endedness, like maybe they didn't kiss, but I know what you mean. I, there was a few bits like that. Yeah, it's just that one moment. I was like, but other than that, absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. great film. Underrated, underseen. <laughs> well, we'll find out now. Let's have a look. So, critical reception then. So, if you guys don't know, we do IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes critics, Rotten Tomatoes audience, and then we average it out. Now, we don't, we're not a big put numbers on it sort of podcast thing, but we're, we talk generally about how we feel. And when we're putting numbers on it, we're all we're only really referring to the average to try and get an idea of, generally speaking, is it underrated or underseen? Because I couldn't think of another way of measuring underratedness other than saying, because we said so. <laughs> um, so, at the time of recording, Alice, how do you think it did, critically speaking? I, I think it, it must have done well, mm. because it's just a good film. Like, it's just been constructed and delivered a you know, it's the whole thing is just a great package. Um, so I think, I think you're probably looking at a mid to high seven. Um, I'll say, I'll say seven point seven, seven point seven or seventy seven. More specific, I reckon we're looking seven point seven point that point three four two one. Um, and that is probably what I would give it, or maybe a little bit higher. Mm. I'd maybe go, I'd maybe go closer to the eights mm. with this, you know, just because it made me feel so it. Just fills you with good feelings when you're watching it. I reckon I'd I'd give it a seven point nine, I reckon, or seventy nine, but I reckon okay. it got seventy seven or seven point seven. How do you guys know how it did? Or if you don't, would you take a guess? I I, I reckon I'm the same as you, Alice, like seven point seven. But because it did like the Sundance, it did like a lot of quite major festivals. I wonder if that audience who might maybe sometimes look for the deeper thing. Might have downrated it a bit and seen it as too oh, yeah, easy. So, so I, want, I think it fully deserves like a close to eight rating. But I wonder if it was like a seven point five just because a few people Ooh. went for some thought they might have got something a bit deeper. Yeah, like yeah, a lot of times they they associate emotional heft with quality, don't they? And it's not yeah, and it's not, it's right not at, all, at all. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I wonder. Be interested to know though. Okay, well let's have a look then. So at the time of recording on IMDb. There's going to be some shock faces. It gets 7.1 out of 10. So quite low, quite low. Mm-hmm. But a little bit better on Rotten Tomatoes. We've got 77 from the audience. Oh, look at me. And, look at 70, me. <laughs> and 76 from the critics, which Ooh. averages out at 74% or 7.4. Oh. So, Connor, you were more That's or less close. bang on. Wow. Yeah, so I... ratings-wise, then, are we saying underrated? Mm-hmm. I gotta be with that i think we are yeah. aren't we I, th- I think so i think yeah. i think it's about appropriately rated for me but i'm happy to be swayed by the majority yeah because i'm because oh, i because I, I have no morals so <laughs> um so yeah should we say underrated then underrated yes i think Excellent. that can sit in the underrated however this is what shocked me more we move on to mm-hmm. the box office now so again according to box office mojo worldwide this film made 1.5 million dollars Mm-hmm. Which I'm not. I'm not saying the budget's going to be sky high for this. That might even have made it made its budget back. But for the cast, I think that's pretty underseen worldwide. One and a half million quid dollars. Well, and the the budget was one point five mil. So it made so so it broke pretty even much just broke if you even. Don't count yeah. marketing. I think I think ten years ago as well when things weren't going straight to, you know, I think Streaming now with the box off you can't judge the same, right? Like, yeah. I think that is underseen. 
Yeah. Yeah. You're right, because back then streaming wasn't what it was. You couldn't buy, you know, buy it on a platform that doesn't get recorded mm. necessarily. So yeah, actually that's pretty spot on. Yeah. So there we go. There we go. Underrated and under scene. Oh. There you go. You did it, lads. That's exactly what we're looking for. <laughs> Hilarious. So, guys, Jamie, Connor, tell everyone at home what a little bit about Kindling, what they can look out for, where to get hold of it, and a little bit about anything else you've got going on as well. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Kindling is it's a positive and uplifting look at how young men deal with grief. Um, it follows a guy called Sid who is um, dying of terminal testicular cancer and it's his final summer alive where he brings his four closest friends back to the place where they grew up um, to yeah, create memories and make sure he lives on in their, in their minds forever. But it's based on quite a personal story um, from Connor's life. Yeah, when it's, yeah, as I said, we really wanted to create a film that positively looked at grief and almost was like the first real happy film about death in a way and it was written off um when i was 21 two people close to my friendship group died and it was written about when my friends and i got together to essentially mourn them and actually almost we celebrated their memories rather than mourned the loss um and then sadly one of the boys that i did that with passed away a year ago when we'd already when we finished making the film so it's one of those really crazy experiences where we're almost not lives imitated art but you realise how lucky we are as filmmakers to be able to tell stories and frankly cathartically express ourselves on screen. So yeah, I think what the beautiful thing about we've had through making it is that we're showing it to people and everyone has had the experience of being born and everyone knows someone that's passed away. And we've essentially made a film that rather than showing all the horrors to death and how hard it can be, it shows actually a celebration of life. And it reminds us that actually when people pass away, we, we have the choice to remember them in a really beautiful way. And yeah, that, that's sort of what we put out there on screen. And it's nice to finally, after eight years of trying to get it made, have it have made it there, and, out, yeah. and then people watching it. Eight years. And that's, and that's one of the things people don't realise, particularly about the, you know, the more independent films or, or films that are more personal to people. is they, they do take a long time to get made. We've done films that have got, you know, 4% on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. And we'll be like, yeah, but it doesn't mean a load of people didn't work hard on it. I think Kindling is definitely, it's... In, particularly in terms of audience, like audiences love this film and love, and love talking about it. And it's in the top 50 um, highest rated films of 2023 on Letterboxd at the moment. Oh, brilliant. So audiences Ooh, are really, wow. really yeah, responding well done, to it guys. massively. So, yeah. Uh, so, where, so for the guys at home then, so obviously it's in selected cinemas. Is it also on stream at the same time or is it wait? Is it going streaming yeah. soon? Yeah, yeah we, we, we made this film to be accessible. Like our dream audience for this film is frankly anyone who needs it. And also it's a representation of masculinity. So it's for young guys to watch as well, to sort of Absolutely. see how men can be. Um, so we always wanted this film to be accessible. And so yeah, through Signature Entertainment, it's available on Sky, Apple Plus, um, Amazon, Microsoft, everywhere, everywhere you yeah. can buy a film or rent a any, film. Any streaming site where you can rent or buy we'll a film, them. basically. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we'll put links to uh, we'll put links to it out in the episode when this comes out. We'll put some stuff out on social media as well. Thanks. So uh, do check it out because it's always good to support, particularly uh, British indie film, and Absolutely. it's you know it's well worth a watch. So check Absolutely. it out. Uh, so yeah, we'll put links to that out there now. Uh, Jamie and Connor from uh, from Kindling, thank you very much for joining us.
So there we go, another guest episode in the bag. Do be sure to check out the guy's uh, film Kindling if you can. It's well worth a watch. Um, the uh, There's links to it in the episode description and we'll put some stuff out there on social media as well. Give him a follow and check it out. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode in your ears talking about a film that's underrated or underseen or not, depending on who wins the argument. That is or both. Or hey. both. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an open to interpretation Concept, Alice. Nice and loose. Nice and loose. Yes, we'll be back next week episode. If you'd like to get in touch with the meantime, the email address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you just search for just films and that pod uh, on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, uh, Instagram, you'll find us. We always put stuff out there. So, yeah, give us a follow, engage with us, get in touch. We always like to hear any films you want to suggest, and we'll try and squeeze them in if we can. We're on Patreon as well. So, if you are looking for bonus content, episodes released a little bit early, head on over to Patreon and look for just films and that, and you'll find us uh, loads of tears there with extra stuff any support you can give us is massively uh, appreciated we're also on the television aren't we alice we are indeed every friday evening from 6 p.m you can find us on the local tv network so if you live in birmingham bristol leeds liverpool or the northeast of england you can find us on channel 7 on freeview or if you live in north wales or south wales you can find us on channel 8 on freeview or if you want to check out the videos i've been uploading them to daily motion so if you just type in just films and that they'll come up so that's every friday from 6 p.m on the local tv network Yes, lots of ways to see us, hear us, um, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you very much for listening. Your support is, of course, always appreciated. Uh, It's goodbye from me. Cheerio! Bye! ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.